This episode is sponsored by ReCut. Hey, welcome to the Upload Iceberg. If the upload is the content that you see above the water, as a viewer, I'll cover the journey and data behind growing a YouTube channel that you can't see in the murky depths below the surface. I'm Dan, and this is episode five, recorded after hitting 2,900 subscribers on August 3rd, 2023. Pop open our analytics here. Today is October 24th. I've made it to glorious Colorado. Don't get addicted to the set. It's going away. And we're doing some batch recording today. I just finished the A-roll for the 35 uh, versus 28 millimeter comparison. So I'll be working on that. Obviously have some photos already shot for the 28. Probably wanna get some newer stuff for the 35 while I'm out here to wrap that up. If you're just jumping into the pod here, we're doing an episode every 100 subscriber milestone. There are 3,112 of you hooligans. Um, so after this and a few more episodes, will be caught up to real time. These episodes will no longer come out in a batch. They'll come out as I hit those subscriber milestones. There won't be this big backlog of podcasts, especially if you're one of the few people just checking out the first few minutes and dropping these after. See ya. Uh, before we dive in, let's let Dan from episode four tell you why I'm loving ReCut, the sponsor of this episode. I talked about ReCut in episode three around affiliate marketing, but since I found ReCut, I've used it on all of my projects since. It's an automatic video editor tool that removes the silence based on parameters that you can dial in. And it's just been one of those no-brainer products for me. We can open our A-roll track, our OBS screen record and good audio. We can line up the waveforms and export a cut video file or XML to nicely bring all of the cuts into Premiere or our favorite editor. It quickly cleans up A-roll for my lens reviews and it eliminates pauses here on this podcast so that the audio track is more listenable. It's simple, powerful, a one-time payment, and the trial is a fully featured trial to experiment with five exports. If you edit video and you spend any time cutting out silence, I think it's worth at least a try. And if it works for you, you can use my affiliate link in the description for $10 off. Episode four, Dan, is really who I strive to be. Uh, not this episode five, Dan. So this is episode five, 2,900 subscribers. Let's get you a little, let's uncap these lenses, get you a little thumbnail here, a sensational thumbnail. 28 versus 35. Got the, you got the 35 here, you got the 28 here. This is the, this is the versus 35 comparison episode. Obviously it's not, we're talking about freelance, YouTube and podcasting updates today. We've got a milestone period between July 7th and August 3rd when we hit 2,900 subscribers. And we'll hit a few things here quickly before we dive into the bulk of the episode around the freelance YouTube and podcasting update. And we can do that because this is my show. There are no rules, we can add sections. The first is uh, Canon announced the RF 10 to 20 millimeter F4 L IS STM, not USM. And this is an ultra wide, you know, not super fast zoom. And the key thing here to note is this is a rectilinear lens, keeps your lines nice and straight. This is not something that I will be purchasing whatsoever. Uh, would be cool to try. The reason I wanted to mention it here, the reason you know I give Canon some trouble is because of all of these massive gaping holes in their lens lineup. And while this is not something that I think I would use super often and certainly not something that I would buy, a lens like this, I think, is cool that they're coming out with. It's a, sort of a, a decent, decent improvement over their 
prior generation EF counterpart. And I could see there's a lot of people that would be really, really excited for this. Obviously, it's going to fall into that L price category, that $2,300, $2,500, $2,700, $3,000 range, as we've come to expect. Um, but I think this is cool. I, you know, I like to see that this is coming out. I'm really excited for everything else that they need to produce. And I'm really hoping that's coming out kind of the end of this year, start of 2024. Two things can be true at the same time. I think we can look at this lens and say, oh, cool. Good for you, Canon. But also at the same time, we can say, where the hell are the other lenses? Because that's really, we, we can say both. I think that's where I'm at on something like this. Also, I saw a rumor this morning that the RF 200 to 800 might be dropping next week. So stay tuned for that. I'd really like to see like final specs on that. I think that's a decent potentially competitor to some other manufacturers that we just haven't seen. You know, that slot filled on the Canon mount. This analytics period overall is a little bit quieter. So that's why we're going to take this episode and reflect on the channel and podcast. But if we do look into a few of the stats here, um, in terms of videos posted, I have three shorts coming out in this time period from July 7th to August 3rd. And that's all we got. I think there's, this was a big prep period waiting to and kind of workshopping the idea of the RF 28 millimeter pancake and, you know, deciding if I was going to pull the trigger on the R8 in conjunction to create that video. Um, so this is kind of a, this is kind of a quieter time on the channel. The RF 100 to 400 short is really the only one, this guy right here on August 2nd, is really kind of the only one that got any traction. And it still does get a little bit. We can see mostly all search. Um, and again, to be frank, I'm not really, you know, I'm not an expert in how shorts are shown, consumed, what makes a good short on my channel metrics wise. So I really have no clue other than like, this is still getting viewed, just not super fast, but it is interesting. And I do have it linked kind of like the key component I think here about the shorts is that you can link these now to your videos or we'll call them longs. Maybe, maybe we'll call them longs. So I've linked that to my 100 to 400 review. Not sure if that does anything from discoverability. You know, I think this is probably going to show up as a traffic source. Maybe I, I don't know how this shows up. There's got to be a traffic source from shorts. Maybe that's part of browse. Maybe that will show up as shorts linked. I think related shorts is probably what's happening here. And that makes sense because it's relatively newly linked. When it comes to linking, I think if you can have a short that does well enough and leads well enough into a long, you know, this is where you are going to get that huge pop in traffic. As you can see, the one related view has 10 seconds of average view duration. Uh, so that's not going to cut it. That's probably sending a very clear, I mean, that's only one view, but if that were to happen in aggregate, that would send a pretty clear signal to YouTube that, hey, people following on this linked short, you know, aren't going to be sitting around for the long term on that video. Yeah. And then, you know, I mentioned prepping for the 20 millimeter pancake video. I covered that pretty heavily in episode three. Um, so I would catch up there because I wanted to make the podcast episode, you know, related to the idea that I've purchased this with affiliate and AdSense income. And we dive deep into that on episode three. Um, and we'll also talk a little bit more maybe maybe today and, and shortly around like the Canon R8 and why I decided to get that with this lens at the same time, why I think it makes sense to use them together. And really the motivations behind me picking up a second body, particularly one that I don't plan to keep for the long haul. So I kind of have like a time box on this R8, really liking it, but um, you know, not looking to keep two fairly similar bodies in the R8 and the R6. 
So just kind of using it for several months. And part of the reason that I wanted to take some time and really prep for this video is that this was a brand new item and it would be for everybody. And so there aren't many times that I've had where I can get a piece of gear sort of in that super new window for the gear itself. Also get like a pretty good chance to use it in a very real way. And then third, like get that video out sort of early. And this kind of represented one of those opportunities. And so really wanted to, not that I don't for every video, but really wanted to give that a really solid shot, really manipulate and tweak the script over a longer period than usual. And if we, we can actually, we're doing data on this podcast, so we can jump in here and take a look. This video is still doing fairly well, pretty quick in terms of how fast it's gotten to this range compared to other videos. And it, it has a good subscriber signal, at least for my channel, right? Like 31 subscribers, not that many in the grand scheme, uh, but not all of my videos would have this kind of subscriber signal by day 70 or day 68. So again, just cool to see there's like decent retention throughout this video. We just talked about replicating success in episode four, gonna try to steal a lot of things from this video that I think worked and kind of bring that mentality forward. And I think I had a decent idea that this thumbnail was gonna be good and it's staying kind of up in that nine, 10% range, which is great for this channel. And, you know, obviously getting some traffic from the normal search terms that you would expect from this to get picked up, getting a lot of suggested. Overall, just pretty happy. And that's why you take the time to refine something like this if you have an inkling that it's gonna be a bigger hit. And that's kind of all I have for the 28 millimeter, given that I didn't produce the video during this period, but just kind of wanted to hit some of those additional things home that I was thinking about for that video. Now, if we jump into the main topics for the title today, update on freelancing YouTube podcasting, it's a good segue for why I got the RE in the first place and really started when I made a transition away from data in late May and back into this freelance podcast production world. I made that transition, you know, between May and late July, early August. And since early August, I'm kind of full-time freelancing. I don't have a full schedule, but it allows me to do things like drive across the country to Colorado and spend a good chunk of time here. So early August, I find myself kind of full-time freelancer, but very much not having those hours filled out, which is cool, a little scary, right? <laughs> you definitely want that time filled. And it's going to, you know, if I can't fill it up shortly, it's gonna limit the amount of time that I have to take another run at freelancing. However, it does enable really cool trips and opportunities that, you know, driving to Colorado from Pennsylvania, spending a month here, like that's just, you know, I've, this is the second time I've done this, Couchsurfing 2.0, but these are the things that are really difficult to do. Um, if you have a full-time job and not a ton of PTO, and so, you know, trying to seize this opportunity at the same time while growing the freelance set of work, I'll be here until around Thanksgiving. And at that point, kind of like really need to focus on bulking up some of those freelance hours. And then if that's not really panning out in the next month or so, really probably need to start taking a look at some full-time roles, whether that be data, content, or ideally some mixture at that point. But while I'm here in Colorado, what I'm trying not to do is like spend a ton of time looking for freelance gigs that might be short-term. You know, I'm here, I have some gear, I have some time. I wanna to try to make the most of it and really you know, move some of these projects ahead on the channel that I had in mind and you know, ideally spend a good amount of time in the next two weeks outside um, shooting and just enjoying the time here before it's brutally cold. And like I said, for this stint of freelancing, my focus is truly kind of on podcasting. Um, so the show I work on right now is Startups for the Rest of Us. This is a show that's been running forever. I think a lot of years Rob's been doing this show. 
I've listened to it for a number of those. I'm trying to remember when I might have first started listening, but probably in like that 20, 2017, 2018 range. I'd have to scroll back through the episodes and see. Um, but I've been working um, with them a little bit, which has been really cool, really fun. It's kind of like the ideal type of part-time engagement on my end. Have been learning a lot and just have been overall enjoying it. And kind of that focus on podcasting is something that I've tried to take away from my first run at freelancing. Like this time, I really kind of wanted to focus, you know, instead of scattershot on like product photography and podcasting, I really wanted to try to narrow down on, you know, more or less one thing. And I'm trying to go podcasting this time. That's a big reason why um, we have this show here. It's a big reason why, you know, I'll reference a video podcast guide that I'm making um, further down in in this script here today. That's going to be a big thing that I want to put out and just have out in the world. I just really wanted to try to narrow down a tighter focus this time. And so I'm choosing podcasting. It's a big reason why I finally, finally decided to start this one. I'm working on a video podcasting guide and I have been over the last couple of weeks. And this will be something that comes out on this channel, free video just kind of like a free guide walking through, you know, planning, distributing, editing, all the stages of a podcast, kind of what I do for this show here, what I've seen others do, you know, the tools and equipment that I use here, but also AI tools and equipment that you could consider or, you know, how to get started with just your phone, how to make the best of that just to get running. If if that interests you, that'll be coming out. But it's one of those things that, you know, it's not quite a fit for what I do here on this channel with a lot of the Canon stuff, a lot of the photography stuff, but something that I'm going to put out either way because I just, I want that video out and to be shareable, to be able to point to that for other freelance work. I don't know. It's just one of those like one-off projects that I think it should live on YouTube. I'm not going to spin up a channel for it. It's close enough that it can fit here. And uh, if it turns anybody off who's already subscribed, uh, you know. Tough luck. So all that together in a very non-concise way wraps up how I'm thinking about freelancing this time around and really not sure how it'll end up. I'm trying to keep less of a time boxed. You know, the first time I did this in 2020 and 2021, I had like a pretty strict time limit of when I had to stop and when I needed to look for some other roles. You know, one of the takeaways from that time was for this stint, I'm trying to be a little bit more loose with those, um, you know, stringent rules for myself, just give myself more room to explore while at the same time trying to narrow down to, you know, a focus. So all up in the air, not sure how long this is going to last. We're going to keep rocking with it as long as I can. On the YouTube front, you know, I think very happy generally with where the channel is and happy with how I've spent my time prepping all the different pieces of content. I think I've had You know, in 2022, I didn't do a whole lot of photography for a host of different reasons and really wanted 2023 to be the year where I stepped that up considerably. And I think, I suppose we have two full months left. I don't feel like I've shot quite as much in 2023 as I would have liked to or what I envisioned myself doing in terms of throughput, but also at the same time, like pretty happy with just how much more I've shot since 2022 in a real way. So that's really cool. Excited to obviously shoot a lot left in the three weeks here. And, um, you know, very happy with all that. Generally, besides that, like I feel good about where the channel is and what I'm doing to create videos for the channel. It's an interesting time to dabble in YouTube and podcasting for two reasons. I think first is AI and the explosion of AI tools. You know, at this point in 2023, it's probably felt like you can't remember the time when you weren't hearing about AI all the time. We're really just in the beginning. And I think we're starting to see some tools that are 
really helpful for creators and that's really cool. And you know, that was another thing, another focus for me in 2023 was just to try to embrace tooling in general. Um, not necessarily even AI, but just embrace things that help the workflow. And I don't have a lot of money to spend given what this channel throws off, but it does bring in some baseline level of monthly income that I can put directly into tools and things like lenses if I want. And so I've tried to make the decision to put some of that into tooling. And then the second reason that I think it's really exciting to be in the YouTube and podcasting space right now is that there are tons of companies that just don't quite get either. But between YouTube and podcasting, I think this is one of the biggest pathways forward into building a really strong brand and finding awareness for your company and particularly amongst like really young audiences today as well. And so like from a creative standpoint, if you have inkling for either of those two things, YouTube or podcasting or both, you know, I think this is a really interesting time to get in and get good. And that's kind of the bet that I'm trying to make and how I spend my creative or entrepreneurial time. You know, I think companies who haven't focused on this or who are not good at this yet are going to have to be playing catch up big time. And I want to be there to help them when they have that realization that, okay, it's time for me to bring in some help because I'm in over my head. And you can see this everywhere you look. You know, some companies are creating these really, really highly produced, high production value type videos. They'll post them on YouTube, you know, sometimes to put, you know, run them as an ad, put money behind them, which is fine, but sometimes to put them out organically. And I think you wonder that, you know, they're probably in a lot of different instances disappointed with how well they perform given how much they've spent. And it's just because it's, there's a distinction between making a good video and making good content for YouTube. And obviously there's a huge overlap there in the middle, but it's, it's quite easy to make a video that, you know, is objectively like good from either like production standpoint, storytelling impact, all those things. It can be a really good video, but if it's not like packaged or in, Tended for YouTube from the very start, the very beginning of the creation process, it could bomb. And I think, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of companies that still struggle kind of clearing that hurdle. And to me, the proof is you're seeing roles open up for YouTuber or podcast host, and you're finding these on typical career pages. And, you know, I'm sure they did exist. I'm sure those roles were open for some of the most forward thinking companies, kind of like 2019, 2020. But I don't remember seeing nearly as much of them as I see now. And I think if you are dabbling in YouTube podcasting on the side, you're starting to get some traction. Maybe your channels like tiny or small, like mine, you still have a lot of those skills and learnings that you could immediately take to like a corporate role doing that for a company that aligns well with, you know, what you're interested in or your values. So I think that's really cool to see. And again, just want to keep swimming toward that space in case those opportunities open up. Like I said, making good video content, making good YouTube content are separate, but there's a lot of overlap. And like, particularly for me, I'm less interested in that video production side of things. I think of myself as someone who's interested in photography, but also interested in the game of YouTube. For me, it's hard to say I'm interested in the game of YouTube or the game of growing a YouTube channel without realizing that like some people are going to react in a very negative fashion to that. But I just, I feel like photography has kind of taken a hard swing toward like tech specs and sensationalism and thumbnail, like all the things that we've kind of talked about on some of the previous episodes. And I just think there's like space to carve out a different attack angle and to still deliver good information. I think we're well, in, in my mind, at least as a consumer, I'm well past the stage where I want to watch a lens review with like silent B-roll. I try on this channel to do a really good job of giving you the seven dense minutes as opposed to the 10 or 12 fluffy minutes. 
And I think across YouTube, we'll start to see a theme where we find a return back to like less frantic pacing, like less clickbait driven titles and thumbnails. It feels like we've over-indexed so hard on like keeping that engagement. Um, and I'd love to see things slowly slide back to more of a, a neutral ground. And if I'm thinking about my comprehensive like YouTube health status, my YouTube update, it's can I steadily march forward with my photography skills, build the audience at the same time, and can I monetize that in a real way? Because, you know, this is definitely a passion. And when you find yourself, if you were me sitting here, you don't have a full freelance schedule. You have a small channel that's gaining a little bit of traction. It's really enticing to say, okay, if I can get this to the point where I can make this a little bit more meaningful from the financial side, like then I can justify 10 hours a week doing this, or I can justify 20 hours a week during the week, you know, the normal work week and move these projects forward, which is something that I can't really do now. I can only do it because I have so much extra time, you know, particularly in an environment where I've made the choice to deprioritize bringing on new gigs for these next three, four weeks. It's really just, even if I can't monetize things in the short term, really trying to zoom out, try to find the direction for the channel and try to make sure that I'm putting myself in a position to capitalize on opportunities like that if they come about and they're really fitting. So that's kind of the ultimate goal. Like big caveat is that underneath it all is just having fun, getting better at photography. If you look across YouTube, any niche, I think if you find someone with a small channel like this who hasn't quit yet, they're like you can pretty much bet that that creator is having fun. You can see plenty of examples of people who start YouTube wanting to do YouTube and they're just going to quit when they don't get that traction or it just doesn't pan out to be the same thing that they thought it was going to be. And so I think if you look at any channel that I would say is similar to mine, a couple hundred thousand subscribers who's been producing videos for years and years and years, no matter what the pace, like I've been slow here um, in terms of a weekly or monthly upload schedule, I think it's a safe bet to say like that person's having a lot of fun or getting a lot out of it in terms of learning. And I think I would put myself in both of those buckets. So obviously keep that going. On top of that, put myself in a position for longer, really fitting sponsorships. What I found in the freelance world is, and really anytime you're trying to get customers, it's a lot harder to spend a lot of time searching for customers to do like one-off short engagements. It's much better to find like your most perfect ideal customer and have them get set up with you for a very long time. You just spend less cycles trying to find uh, new customers. And that really helps start to build your business when you don't have to spend so much time looking for new leads. Um, so similar thing, want to do that here with sponsors. And two of the more secondary YouTube goals at this point are to kind of put it out into the world that I offer remote podcast production services. That's something that I can do, that I have bandwidth to do. And that's really going to start to show with this video podcasting guide that I make. Um, that can be the thing that I point, like that's the URL that I can point potential customers to. And then also like in the same way, make it known to people that, hey, if you're struggling on YouTube, like if you really have no idea where to start, you don't know anything about strategy or even how to like manage the content and get it uploaded, like that's something that I could help you with as well. So for YouTube, feeling good, making progress. A um, couple hurdles I would state if I had to is like, one, how do I embrace a less stiff delivery? I think a lot of my videos are typical A-roll, shot at the desk, fitting B-roll over top, but not nearly as exciting as they could be. Want to shoot more from the field if I can, get a little bit more comfortable doing that. 
And I just want to keep slowly driving the format forward at the same time. I don't, what I don't want to do is there's sort of like a set of things that I've done to get to, let's say 3000 subscribers. That's not going to be the same type of content and strategy that gets me, you know, to five or 10. And so, you know, I want to keep getting content coming out. Ideally, I'd love to speed that up. I'd love to bring the quality up. I'd love to bring the engagement up. Changing and morphing and growing that format, I think is going to be a big part of that. And I think that's how I get to creating content that I'm even more happy with. Um, but it's hard. I think you kind of have, again, going back to episode four, replicating success, you have some of these heuristics that you know you can use that will create a video that's helpful. And a helpful video on YouTube is one that gets searched and watched. Um, so it's how can I keep delivering some of that same value or some of that same you know, entertainment and do it in an ever-evolving, more exciting way. Two, how can I start to monetize in a real way for all the reasons I've mentioned? This, this is a hurdle that I would say matters while I'm freelancing, while I have the bandwidth. If I could find real good ways to monetize right now, like near future, that would be awesome. If I go back to a nine to five job in the near future, again, monetization, not really something that is gonna be top of mind for this channel. Again, it was just kind of fall back to you know, I hate to say the channel in maintenance mode, but like me enjoying photography like I would normally do throughout my life on the trips that I take. And then occasionally, as often as I can, because I like making them, packaging them on YouTube. And so that's, I'll call that a hurdle right now, this monetization hurdle, but in a real way, kind of a little bit further away from that, I think then is actionable during this freelance period. But just again, trying to move that forward if possible. And then three, does having this podcast here on this channel hurt me? I think that's an outstanding question. And you know, for all the reasons I've discussed in the past, kind of have made the decision to keep putting it out here. I think, you know, I knew this was gonna be a little dicey launching on the channel, given that I wanted to start at 2,500 subscribers and kind of do this initial batch of episodes, bang, 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 bang. Probably not the best for the channel. I think there are gonna be some people here subscribe that see those coming out, they're really not interested and they're gonna bounce. That's okay. I think we talked about this before, like the people that stick around. And if you're listening, especially this deep in episode five, consider you a super fan. I'd rather have a smaller group of super fans and a larger group of casual fans. That's cool. I think we're going to do this. You know, I think as I'm now almost caught up to live, these will come out less frequency in relation to typical uh, photography videos. And I think that will be overall a happy place to settle into in terms of podcast to video ratio. At the end of the day, even though this is something that I've kind of worried about or I'm calling a hurdle here, it's not something I probably shouldn't be worrying about it. I've kind of made the decision that I want this channel to be both. I want to be known for these are the videos. Hope you enjoy them. If you want to go deeper, this is the podcast to go deeper on it. And, you know, you're not going to have a choice between separating those. You don't have to watch one or the other. Um, but in terms of where they live on this channel for now, for the foreseeable future, it's all going to be mashed together. And I hope that the people that I'm attracting to subscribe are people that are interested in both, ideally. And so the podcast update, I'm really, as a reminder, kind of doing this because I'm very bad at it. I tend in all areas of life to shy away from those things. And so really wanted to put a stake in the ground, just get better at podcasting. And so far it's still fairly uncomfortable. I think it'll probably be a while before I settle into this and this is just becoming a super routine situation. Episode to episode, I haven't settled on I mean, if this is not the first episode you've watched, you know that we're kind of bouncing around some of these analytics sections, some of these main topics in a way that's pretty rambly, but that, you know, offers me the chance to break out of that 
you know, video production format where I have to worry about retention, where I'm worried about click-through rate, where I'm worried about the delivery of the information and if it's super clear and concise. None of those worries I'm taking nearly as hard on myself for this. And, you know, that's why I wanted to create this space to begin with. So I think they'll settle into more of a look into the 28-day analytics as we get caught up in real time and more about the videos that I've just recently posted or, you know, assuming the channel starts to grow a little bit quicker. If there were an instance where these episodes are coming out between main videos, you know, I think at that point I'll have chunky topics to dig into those, like chunky updates on those pending videos It'll be a lot of fun to kind of go into and, and talk about. Yeah, I think a lot of the motivations are similar, right? I wanted this to be a space on this channel separate from regular videos that somebody could um, sponsor long-term or sponsor the entire show if it was super fitting. Recut has been a great partner in sponsoring so early. That's kind of like the dream, right? Me as a creator finding a product that is so valuable that I'm instantly attached and then for them to have an affiliate program and then for them to be willing you know, very, very openly experiment with an unknown show. Um, so this is not something, not something typical that you're going to have kind of that, you know, episode four is a sponsored episode and to have them come on is just very cool to experiment for the first couple. From a motivational standpoint, I also want to have plenty of examples of me going through the entire podcast pipeline. And so this show here is me on the mic as a host, co-host, you know, I've managed several shows for freelance clients before. You know, this will be a good example of me in YouTube, Transistor, using some AI tools with PodSqueeze, um, doing some editing with Adobe and ReCut, or even potentially to help people set up. We've got the camera, we got the light, we've got the interface, a computer and a mic. Like some people just need help getting that started and they're going to use this kind of setup. Drop it in a room and never touch it. And so just to be able to give people pointers on that is potentially like a source of customers for me and just want to kind of make that known as well. So let's jump into, I think that wraps up all the podcast motivation. Maybe too early to give a health update on the podcast. I'm not going to not gonna say emphatically like I did for YouTube that everything is great and fun. Great and fun so far, but it's very early. So if we go to the 28-day analytics period that we typically review in these episodes, we've got July 7th through August 3rd. Kind of seen that 19 and a half thousand views, 800 hours of watch time, almost 100 subscribers and about 40 bucks. And we can flip back and forth through, this is the current time period, uh, September 26th through October 23rd. Seeing a lot of similarities here, right? The 19,000 views, um, less subscribers for this period. I think in this July 7th through August 3rd period, still probably seeing some of that kick from the the battery grip short, perhaps. I'd have to dig in a little deeper, and that's probably not something that will, like, it's, it doesn't mean all that much, that difference in subscribers. So, like, not even something I would dig into alone, and probably not something we'll dig into here. But yeah, just like seeing kind of just that flat continuation period to period. We already looked at the RF 100 to 400 short. It's not dead, dead. It's getting a little bit of um, continuation in terms of views. The important call out again is that I've linked it as a related video, and I might try more of that in the future. Release a short specifically made or specifically uploaded at the same time to focus in, dial it on like one specific feature of the RF 100 to 400, drop it on the same day, link them, and just see if that has any impact on viewership of the short or viewership of the long. These weren't uploaded on the same day, but this was kind of a deep dive into 
you know, cleaning up a high ISO image. I think that's a decent pairing, right? Like if I were to do that, if I were to have used that strategy for the 20 millimeter pancake, you know, part of that might've been on the focus breathing compensation that this has, I think on certain bodies, including the R8, the R6 Mark II, that might be it, maybe the R7. But like one specific feature that I'm not gonna spend too much time in the long going over, or that really, you know, I use this mostly for photos. So a, a feature that is almost completely separate from the long. And one that I'm, you know, like, it's cool to see, but I don't even necessarily, like that wouldn't factor into my buying decision, whether the, or not this lens has focus breathing. But just try to associate those two videos somehow, provide different value in each, but obviously they're related because of the gear itself. That's what I might try to do in the future. So we'll take a look at that. Let's go to, uh, let's do some podcast analytics in Transistor. So one of the reasons I use Transistor, there's a whole host of reasons. Um, I've used it before, I'm familiar. Great affiliate network. You can host multiple shows in Transistor on the same account. Um, and there's a pretty high threshold for the current plan that I'm on before it kicks up into a much higher paid plan. Um, so all those things are really nice and I like the analytics. So let's go in here, I think, these are pretty rough. This is the analytics page here. The numbers are pretty rough. And so we've got maybe three estimated subscribers total based on who downloads these episodes at the time of release. I think this is probably, maybe we'll revisit this next episode after I upload um, episode five. This is probably a little bit higher um, and showing eight downloads in the first 90 days. So not quite 10 audio only listeners. We kind of give you this cohort comparison chart down here, which is interesting. You can see a different breakdown of the podcast players here. And again, this is hardly any data, so we can't really see all that much, but we're getting some breakdown of devices, OS and platforms, geography. Um, so cool, cool stuff. I would imagine if you have legitimate numbers coming in for downloads on audio only. When we think, I'm going to try to reframe some like short-term milestones in terms of analytics to make it easier to relate how the channel's doing through audio only medium, um, because it's hard to jump into somebody else's analytics and get a good idea. So I think the, the milestone here that I would love to see for the audio only analytics, can I get the show to a place where on any given day, I'm getting at least one download of the show. Like that would be a really cool milestone, I think, to see. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully we can get to that by maybe episode 10, we're getting a download a day from any given place. That would be cool. If we look over in YouTube, this is the podcast analytics tab that I have open. You can see, you know, again, this is very low viewership and you don't really want to read into a lot of this um, at all, kind of given how, how little data is here and how new this show is. But we're going to try just a little bit for fun. And the one thing that I like to see here is each launch day is just a little bit higher than the last. Uh, that would be a great trend. If that continues to happen, that would be like, boom, off to the races. That's super cool. Like more than I possibly could have hoped for. I think this was an especially, I don't know, clickable episode because of the thumbnail and the topic. We could be sinking back down again. This is not something that I'm keeping a close eye on as much as the channel for sure. You know, re really raking in the dough here, $2.35 for this show so far. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll spend that, I guess, somewhere. We'll spend it all. We'll spend all of it, all 235 pennies. Um, yeah, so that's a quick look. I think if we look at these individual episodes you know, hitting, hitting 100 views, like it'll be cool maybe to get the first episode at like 500 views that I think will feel like a little bit of an accomplishment or to start to get a little bit more um, feedback, interaction slash community in the comments, I think would feel pretty good as well when we get it 
to a point where it's helpful or engaging enough to kind of start bigger conversations there in the comments. I think that'll be a good good goal and something that I feel like definitely haven't quite hit yet. Overall, I think the 3,100 subscribers here today are probably just a little bit more engaged with the channel as a whole, videos and podcasts, than say the 2,900 subscribers that I had in August pre-show. Um, so that that's exciting. I don't know. You just want people to, you know, at the very base level, I think if you're making stuff and putting it out, you just want people to see it. Ideally, people like it. You know, for me, just happy that, you know, finally have this out, finally have what will be five episodes out. That feels like a good start. I think a lot of podcasts die after 10 episodes, and this feels, you know, sustainable and good. Something that I'm excited to continue growing and continue speaking to the channel in a, in a much deeper, detailed way. What do we have coming up? We've got episode six of this show. We'll probably focus on photo editing, Lightroom. That'll be for the 3000 subscriber milestone. And there wasn't a lot going on with videos at that time either. So I just like to talk about, I think some of the AI tools coming to Lightroom and Photoshop, how I use them, how I think about them. And, you know, instances where I think they're weird and just like start a conversation around how much is too much? How much do you use those things? I'm really intrigued to know like how often people are bringing in generative fill into their images. If you've messed with the early access beta of the lens blur in Lightroom, I think that's fairly impressive for some images. Obviously, you know, it has all the same struggles that something like the iPhone portrait mode has in terms of, you know, masking around hair, things like that. But I think it's pretty powerful on select images where it works and they give you control over the depth mask. Really interesting. I've only fiddled with it a little bit but something that I would continue to use. Just kind of want to talk a little bit more about those. That'll be episode six. Uh, for videos, we've got the 28 and 35 comparison. Like I said, film the A-roll before this. Might have that in a week or a week since this comes out or maybe a week after this gets published. Um, so that's coming up I'm in Colorado for the next three weeks. So probably doing um, some more hiking and dual wielding R8 and R6, both strapped up, you know, trying to preserve some memories. I might get to... I've never really done a camera body review. I would love to do that with the R8. So I'll probably spend a good amount of time shooting with the R8, more with the R8 and 28 millimeter. And I'd love to throw on um, the Nifty 50 is not something I use super often outside of, of travel. So I'd like to get that on the R8 body as well because it's so small and uh, really dive into some 50 mil shooting that I haven't done in a while. I'm also going to try to break out the 100 to 400 and see if I can get some more diverse wildlife captured here. Uh, might make a follow-up, kind of a 100 to 400, you know, V2 video based, you know, all from Colorado footage if I get enough. So we'll see about that. There's also, this is maybe not coming out soon, but I've been tossing around the idea of trying to do like an iPhone, an iPhone only video, just kind of using the raw photo format in the iPhone 14. I have some shots that I took in Ireland that I haven't really done much with. Uh, might add some more from this trip and try to put together like a, this is how I use the iPhone's wide lens raw photos. Um, this is what they look like edited, that type of thing in case you wanted to go on a trip, pack maybe something, pack maybe something long like an 85. And then if you were really trying to go light, you know, if you didn't want to bring that 28, here's your 24 kind of thing. Uh, so we'll see about that. If any of that's exciting you let me know. Otherwise, that's all we've got for episode five. See you in the next one.